Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Box with your host and CEO of Babelbox, Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Go behind the scenes and learn how you can make influencer marketing part of your social media playbook. Subscribe to Beyond the Box at podcast.babelbox.com. Listen to all of your favorite episodes and follow us on Instagram for more influencer marketing inspiration. In 2007, Pop Chips was introduced and quickly revolutionized the snack food space by introducing a better for you alternative to chips. The company is still an indie favorite with a cult like following. Today, I'm here to talk smart snacking marketing strategies with Jennifer Santiago, the Vice President of Strategy and Communications for Pop Chips. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. So nice to have you today to join us. I'm very excited and thank you for having me. So yeah, I mean, I guess we could just jump right in. I'm really curious. You've been with the brand Pop Chips for five years and I know they were one of the first to really get involved with influencers because we worked with them. Can you share your first recollection of when influencers came onto the scene? Yeah, to be honest, I remember like 10 to 12 years ago when bloggers were, I felt, I mean, I myself discovered them on my own. That was to me like the initial, like people who were everyday, typically still had normal jobs were posting stuff on the internet. And then I think in the last five years, you know, as Instagram became more well-known and more mainstream, Mm-hmm. is when you know it sort of went to another level and sort of moved moved more towards the Instagram from the blogger world. Yeah, I remember that too. That's when we actually launched our agency and it was I was working at Weight Watchers at the time and it was just all these brands talking about mommy bloggers. So just a very interesting evolution. What in terms of like when you're doing your role, I mean obviously there's a lot of different things that you know you're responsible for, but how does influencer marketing play into the role of like vice president of strategy for the brand? So as of now, I used to be more in the weeds of the day-to-day and now it's more of the approval process. So reviewing people we want to work with, approving like copy and posts. Mm-hmm. So now it's really it's more of that. Um, but definitely before that, when I wasn't, didn't have as much work as I do now, um, I was more actually helping find and doing more of the nitty gritty work. So that's interesting that you say that when you talk about the nitty gritty work, I know that a lot of people have a hard time and there's a lot of platforms out there like influencer identification platforms. Do you use any of those platforms? Like what's your take on them? Um, you know, I'd love to know that. Yeah. So we initially started actually go working with agencies and different platforms we tested a lot of stuff there's a lot of different companies out there mm-hmm. so I think we thought oh this makes a lot of sense it's less time consuming but we found for us that it was ended up being more time consuming and financially wasn't beneficial for the brand and I think that was just our learning I think other brands have different KPIs than we do and Mm-hmm. I think they view it differently than we do. Uh, we prefer a very engaged influencer versus looking at just general numbers and impressions. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, I, I think that it really does depend where you're at and what kind of, if you're at an agency or at a brand, and certainly there are tools that are great, but you know, when you are, if you are more picky with the influencers, what are some of the things that you're looking at in terms of the criteria? 
Yeah, so we look at engagement rate, I would say, by far is our biggest barometer. So looking at engagement rate for posts and then also for their channel overall. Mm-hmm. And then working with them, I mean, we want it to feel natural. Our biggest thing is feeling like this is an authentic, organic post and not something that feels forced. I, feel, I think I, I personally see a ton of people working with brands and that just don't seem like they align with everything else they're doing. And I think that's our biggest number one rule. They need to feel like they would be a consumer of pop chips. Right. And then when you talk, I mean, it's easy to talk about, I guess, like engagement on different channels that are social, but you know, is there any way that you look at engagement on a blog article? Is it just the article? Yeah, I think for that one, we try to look at how people are engaging with the article and then also just overall impressions we've actually seen which is pretty rare for a few of our tactics people talking about where they found found out about pop chips from whether it be a podcast an influencer or a blog post and they'll actually mention who they saw that from so we've actually been very fortunate that we've been able to track even down to that level, which is great. That's, that is great. Is there, I guess, when you're looking, if you're this specific, is there any specific type of influencer? I know obviously snacking applies to anyone. So is there any specific type of influencer or surprising content category that, you know, you look for that, you know, you know, performs best for the brand? So this is, this was a shock to me. Um, Mm -hmm. We found out that we actually are very um, big in the bodybuilder world. So I know, which is, it's, you don't really associate like eating chips and bodybuilding, but for whatever reason, we found a lot of fitness accounts were just naturally loving the brand and giving us love on social media without even knowing, without even sending them product or even working with them. But apparently we fit within their macros Mm -hmm. and we're like the, we're the perfect snack for them. Yeah. That's so interesting. So we actually have like, quite a few people who will just send them product and you know we've worked with a few of them but obviously bodybuilders aren't really who we built the brand for we we it was more for like the everyday snacker who just wanted to feel less guilty about what they were eating so that one for me was probably the biggest surprise (laughs) I mean it definitely is I mean I guess is the snack is it paleo or no it's not paleo it's it's truly it's not for the the keto paleo people. This is truly for like the bodybuilding community who eat carbs. That's amazing. Okay. So there's a whole other like macro diet where you're looking at carb, fat, protein. I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with it, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, we fit within there. It's a perfect snack for them for the carb ratio to fat to protein. Okay. And it's a potato at the end of the day and they can eat potatoes. So they find it as a great treat for them. No, it's definitely like not high calorie and it's stuff. Yeah. So that, that's very interesting. Um, any others that jump out at you or. Uh, no, I think that that was probably the, by far the biggest one, but I, okay. I do think for us, we, we always felt like we skewed more mom mm-hmm. and we did a consumer segmentation recently in the last two years. And we found out that it's, it's not just mom. It's actually skews pretty evenly between everybody, which was, I think, another surprise for us. So, you know, I'm, moms are still paying attention, but it's not 
we, I think, because I think everyone in CPG thinks, oh, who's shopping? Mom's shopping. And for us, we found out that it wasn't just mom, which is, you know, always good to learn. Yeah, I mean, you know, my CPG experience, I remember being in so many meetings, probably when we talked about when bloggers first started and everyone saying mom is CEO of the family, mom's CEO of the family. But it's like you look now and it's, you know, especially when you're talking influencers, there's so many just millennial lifestyle influencers that are talking about all the foods that they're eating. So I find just that so interesting. And the, the, the information that you found from your study is, is interesting as well. What are your, what's your take on like the millennial audience um, in terms of like how you work with them? So we grew up with the millennial audience, to be honest, like the brand sort of enter, entered into their lives you know, 12, 13, almost 13 years ago. So we've sort of grown up with them, Mm -hmm. especially from, because, you know, around the time that people are leaving home around 18 is really when they're starting to make decisions on their own. So a lot of the millennials, when they were starting to make their own food decisions, we were part of that decision-making and we've grown up with them. Mm -hmm. And I think in general for us, they're they're our biggest consumers. And it's because of the timing of when the brand launched and them making their own, you know, shopping decisions. And we, I think, have always been this very lifestyle pop culture brand who have aligned and grown with them. And, you know, it's to us, like, we we try and speak to them as much as possible, but we have found that we're a little bit broader than just millennial and just moms. Like, it truly is we're catching a more 50-50 ratio of women to men. We're catching people even a little bit younger than millennial now, um, but also still growing up with them as they get into their older age and start, whether they decide, we thought it was always married people and it's not. It's a lot of people who are still single, but older, over 30. So it's just been kind of, we've learned that it's a broader spectrum than just millennial. Mm -hmm. We've, I think influencers have always, we've always gone back to that to find them and talk to them and approach them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you even know, but Pop Chips was probably my first client when I lost my, launched my agency. And so <laughs> they were very, very big on sampling. And we would do these influencer events. And every time we did an influencer event, Pop Chips was like, we're there, we're going to do it with you. So is event marketing big, whether it's with influencers or not, you know, sampling at events, is that still a big thing for Pop Chips? So we, in the last, when I came on um, five and a half years ago, we started, we still continued to do it, but it it was a lot more structured and more minimal than how we previously did it. When you launch a brand, of course, field marketing and sampling is the number one thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And we were at a point, the brand was at a point where we had done it for so long that it was time to start doing more of some of the traditional marketing and also start experimenting with some of those digital and social tools that were out there. So that was what I was brought in to help do and the team at the time and was to really build out that next step and to bring the brand into that next level. And we still to this day sample occasionally as we do. We just are, we don't have a field team any longer before when I, before my time, even like there was something like 36 field marketing managers across the U S and which is great for when you're launching and we we really found that at some point you have to stop 
stop giving your product away for free and eventually yeah. building out your marketing plans a little further. So it's definitely still part of our overall marketing. It's just not as large of a focus as it was before. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I didn't, I don't know the ins and outs, but I didn't realize a lot of it had to do with kind of the, the field marketing associated to it. So very interesting to learn. Um, so I guess my next question for you is I saw that you really, there's a new snack item in your lineup of snacks and it's a pea um, pop chips. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? For probably four years, I've been telling our R&D team, we need to find, we need to simplify our ingredient label. Mm -hmm. We need something that has like three or four things in it, period. And then we challenged the team, challenged them, you know, we really need to find something that we can take in its whole form and put in our machines. And we found out that cracked peas worked perfectly. So that is how we sort of evolved into creating a popped pea chip. Wow. Okay. Again, it's, it's literally just pea, salt, and oil. You know, it ha naturally, it's all, you know, completely natural there's nothing added to it and it naturally has fiber and protein in it it's, mm -hmm. honestly to me it's the, one of the best things we've ever made because because of how simple the ingredient label is and also it truly is a filling snack because of the fiber and protein and I it like to me like it I, it was my sort of baby mm -hmm. when I when we finally kind of got past the R&D part, I took it from building the brain plan out for it and working with the sales team and finding that sales story for them. And it also for us as a brand was, in, was getting incremental sales for an entirely different section of the, of the grocery store. So we sell it into produce because it's, it's a vegetable. It's a vegetable chip. And there's a, that's sort of where you go if you're not – a lot of the snacks snack aisle would want it but we really pushed for it to be in produce which has been great for the brand we're expanding beyond the snack aisle that is great and yeah. we oh sorry go ahead no I was gonna say my mind is racing to give you ideas for other things to <laughs> to create pop chips from but go ahead sorry <laughs> no it's it's been exciting we have gotten such great feedback the retailers are loving it they think it's amazing they love the taste um, we have a farmhouse ranch flavor for people that need a little bit more flavor than just salt. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think everyone's really excited and happy about it. And, and it's great to see that the consumers are starting to love it. We're actually in the middle of our influencer campaign right now. Um, we just kicked it off a few weeks ago. So you'll gradually start seeing posts from influencers about it. So what kind of influencers are you leaning toward for that kind of like a product push? Or is it a big campaign just to get a lot of, you know, messaging out there? Or what does it look like if you could share? Yeah, so we sort of, we always filter the lens of who the pop chips consumer is. And then we sort of will go a step further. We see ourselves as more of a lifestyle brand. So people come to us, they, because of, you know, our personality, we, don't take ourselves too seriously like we're not kind of aren't just a snack brand we are in everyone's lives in different ways and we've now have gone down four different product line routes mm -hmm. for every occasion that you might want so we see ourselves a little bit differently so we kind of use that lifestyle filter as our second 
biggest filter. And then we kind of go down to, you know, again, would this, we're not going to work with someone who will post about something that's a junk food and then post about us because that doesn't feel organic. So it really truly goes back down to that. Like, is it organic? Does it feel natural? Are they, are they falling within pop tip parameters? Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, the scope is pretty narrow for us for mm -hmm. the most part, but we're always constantly looking for new people. And I think each product line brings itself different types of influencers, but they still, when you see them, they still fall within, you know, our typical guidelines. Yeah. I mean, you could see, I mean, there's beautiful content, fun content. Um, it's very like just just cheerful content and it's beautiful on your whole Instagram channel. So it does speak well and you could see the different types of people, but I guess, you know, I'm sure you have influencers that are coming to you constantly. And we often get asked like from influencers, all different questions, you know, how could I do better? What could I do better? How do I approach brands? If you had to share any advice with influencers, like whether it's reaching out to you, what would the advice be? To truly find brands that align with what you're, about I think one of my biggest pet peeves mm -hmm. are people that work with will just work with anyone they and that to me that just shows that they're just in it for the money they're not really catering to their channel they don't really know they're not really doing what is best for them mm -hmm. and I think you, that shows when for and that's why we really look at engagement rate is because you can tell when something's not authentic on someone's channel because the engagement rate is below 1%. And sure, they might have a ton of followers, but if the engagement isn't there, you know that those followers don't care about what they're posting about or they know that it's not real and they just, they keep swiping. So I think it's truly staying true to your channel. Consumers are smarter than we all think. Tell them, tell them a story that's authentic to you and what you're about. I think every influencer has their, when, true influencers that are really good know their niche and they they are the cadence of that is constant and that is why they're so successful when they're all over the place it's it's when i think you can kind of go down a wrong the wrong right I also the wrong road yeah and i also think if they're sponsored post after sponsored post and that also becomes an issue totally like i have seen people where every single post on their grid as a sponsored post and like why would we work with you like you don't do anything for for yourself like there's no other content there right so I think it's that's super important as well because you also there needs to be some breathing room <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean I guess for me it's also like everyone's and I don't know the answers but everyone's talking about Instagram getting rid of the likes like is that something that's on like that you're you, everyone's concerned about like what are your thoughts on that I think it's definitely a concern for any and all brands that pay attention to that. I think if in the perfect world, Instagram would still give brands and influencers analytics, but mm -hmm. if it's just not public, that's fine. Um, I think if that, if we could work with them on that, that would be great. I think if it totally goes away, I think it, it's going to be really, the business is going to change drastically. I don't know what the future would be. How are we ever supposed to measure what success looks like? We might have to go back to blogs. 
Yeah, you know, I don't think blogs will ever will totally go away. I, I agree. I think that they're they've been around for over ten years. Like they're gonna they'll be around for because the internet's not going anywhere. So, well, I also think that long format content. I mean, if I'm searching, like it's it's there forever, and so you know, there's no one changing the rules on you. You own your own blog, and if people are searching, you know, they can find recipes. It's you can't necessarily create as much of a detailed story in any of the other social platforms. So I agree. I'm a big fan of you know, kind of blog content. What do you think? Um, I guess like lies in the future for influencer marketing. Like, where do you see the industry going? So I think technology will definitely change influencer marketing but and it's constantly evolving as we know I think we I, I think back to influencer marketing truly has been around for as long as I can remember it just was in different forms mm-hmm. so it was you know brand sponsoring events and putting sending premiums to celebrities hoping that they use them and that there's a paparazzi photo of them with it like there's giveaways they're being integrated in TVs and movies. Like they're, I think influencer marketing is just, is constantly evolving and changing. So right now, Instagram is, you know, the hot thing that everyone's doing. It's a lot easier for brands to work with people on. It's, you can connect with them and find out their information easier. So I just think technology will probably drive that. Mm-hmm. But also I think the word celebrity has changed a lot. Like now there's YouTube stars and there's like smaller format TV shows that are on networks. Like there's just so many different things out there now. Mm-hmm. And there's so much content out there that it's just going to continue to evolve. And I think some of the things that were done traditionally are eventually will go away or just not be used as much. And we've all just become content vacuums. And the generations below are even more so that way. Mm-hmm. So I think the platform influencers use will just continually evolve as the generations change. Like, for example, TikTok mm-hmm. is, you can't really do any it's sponsored post on there quite yet. It's still this totally new, very different type of platform. And things go viral on there for brands and they don't even know about it sometimes unless they're like checking it and constantly looking at it. And I remember there was a hair care line where their sales went through the roof because a video on TikTok like blew them up about like how amazing their hair product was. And all of a sudden they were, they couldn't, they couldn't figure out why their sales were so high. That's <laughs> And they finally like, got it back to that it was because on TikTok someone, some video went viral. So I just think the avenue is going to change. I think influencer marketing will just evolve with it. Well, that is very insightful. Thank you. And thank you for being part of, you know, our interview today. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything new? No, I think, you know, we've, we've tried to evolve with the times and I think, you know, hopefully we've sort of found our niche and I think as a brand consumers are seeing that and are engaging with it more. And I think for all brands, they shouldn't shy away from it. I think you just have to find the right avenues for you, whether it's podcasts, influencers, Instagram, Facebook, bloggers, whatever it may be. And once you find that, the success will just come from there.
Well, thank you so much and uh, wishing you all the best with the new snack launch. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Beyond the Box, produced by Tough Monkey Entertainment. Beyond the Box is brought to you by Babblebox with your host, Sherry Langbert. Visit podcast.babblebox.com for more episodes and influencer marketing secrets.